Welcome to the Grit and Grace space. Come along as we explore experiences, cultivate community, and grow our appetite for adventure. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Grit and Grace space. Today, we have a solo episode talking through a little health retreat I took at the end of July and what is on the horizon as we round out the summer and head into the fall. So over the last couple of months here, I've been feeling just really overwhelmed at work. And I think a lot of that is putting more pressure on myself than is being put on me. I think also there's I do love my job. Let me caveat with that. But there's been a lot of firefighting, for lack of a better term. And it's not like everyday firefighting. It's more of like surprise fires that we are having to go figure out how to fight. And that's the simplest way to put it. But for me, at least, it was resulting in increased anxiety and not really able me not really being able to distinguish the big things from the big things and the small things from the small things it sort of just felt like everything was really big and everything was a priority and I was feeling really burnt out and I told my boss you know, I'm looking to take some mental health days. I really want to be able to reset and come back in a way that is more optimistic and come back as a better employee and a better coworker to my peers. So that's sort of the background that built up to this DIY health retreat in Blue Ridge, Georgia. (laughs) So I decided that I was going to go find an Airbnb and jokingly I described it as I want to go just sit in silence. (laughs) And I joke, but that's really what I did. I drove up there on a Sunday night and arrived at this incredible Airbnb that had tons of windows everywhere. Like when you walk in the house, you look, you get a view of the Blue Ridge Mountains and the back wall of the living room, the back wall of the bedrooms are all just massive windows, which was fantastic for every single moment with the exception of trying to go to sleep earlier than the sun and being woken up a little bit by the sun, which is totally a lesson learned for me that do not leave house without your sleep mask. We'll get into a few other lessons learned in a little bit, but it was a really gorgeous setting. And another highlight of the house was a barrel sauna that I used every single day I was there. 
So when I got there, I arrived on a Sunday evening and picked up a few groceries just to have coffee in the morning and something to noble on for breakfast and something to eat Sunday night for dinner. Ice cream was absolutely one of those items in my cart and I have no regret. It was dairy-free ice cream, that's how I can have no regrets. But it was delicious and I may or may not have eaten two whole pints in the course of three and a half days. But another thing we'll talk about later on is how my relationship has changed with food and with my body over the last year, year and a half. And a huge amount of that credit goes to the coach I was working with. Her name is Katie. She lives in the UK and she is an absolute machine in all senses of the words. She is strong herself, just mentally disciplined. She's was my biggest cheerleader working together and she held me accountable and through working together I was able to overcome a lot of repeat habits or behaviors that were not serving me well. So that's a little tangent to my ice cream comment, but I spent every morning waking up and two of the mornings I went on a run, but after that I would come back to the Airbnb and get in the sauna and have a nice cold shower, like freezing cold shower, which felt so good and made me feel so powerful. I will say It's a lot easier to take a freezing cold shower after you've spent 20 minutes in an almost 200 degree sauna. So not that that's something as easy to replicate at home, but the moments that I was able to capture in Blue Ridge were really awesome. Having that cold exposure and that contrast therapy. After the shower, I would make some coffee and top it with whipped cream. Now hear me out. A few years ago I visited a friend in Portland, Maine at the time and she had whipped cream in her refrigerator and showed me probably for the first time that it was a normal thing to do to put whipped cream in your coffee and ever since that's been my little vacation treat where I have whipped cream in my coffee and I just feel so decadent. So that was my morning treat every morning and I would literally go sit on the porch and look out over the mountains and just sit in silence and I spent probably a good 30 or 45 minutes every morning just sitting there whether that was internal dialogue just going and sorting and ironing itself out or getting to the point where there were no thoughts at all or you know having big ideas or small little I kind of describe it as closing the windows that were open in my brain like if you have all of these tabs open in your google chrome and it gets overwhelming sometimes it was a parallel to closing all of those windows in my brain or 
like putting books back up on the shelf after somebody tipped over a bookshelf in my brain. And that was really a blessing to just have nothing to do, no inputs, nothing to worry about in terms of people pleasing. And that piece of it was a big realization that part of the overwhelm I was feeling at work was largely attributed to people pleasing and not only wanting to be my best and know that the work I've done is the best form of the work that I could do, but ensuring that that work output came across in a way that others were satisfied with it too. And for me, that was, you know, two levels of pressure. One, pressure on myself to do great work and pressure on myself to make sure that others thought it was great as well. And we could go off on a whole other why behind that being a common default for me, but something that I was able to sort out and just find peace was a result of not having to manage those external inputs. So I guess before we go further, I do acknowledge that this escape to the mountains was sort of a shortcut to feel this way, and there's totally inner work that needs to be continued in order to keep the feeling that I had when I was there. I call it pockets of peace throughout my every day. And so it was really just lovely to be able to experience that for the first time in a long time and also have a takeaway that this feeling is so refreshing and nourishing and necessary that I need to continue the work to be able to capture this regardless of my surroundings. And so I think that even though this was a shortcut to feel this way, I think it was absolutely necessary to have this time and space away to make that realization, both to feel that peace again and to acknowledge that this is something that I don't want to use the word should, but this is something that could be attainable without spending a thousand dollars to go to an Airbnb by myself for three days. So anyway, while I was there, I was able to journal and read through some of Marcus Aurelius meditations, which is he was a Stoic philosopher and reading more and more about Stoicism and those concepts over the last couple of years is also a tool in my toolbox to be less emotional about circumstances around me and more matter of fact of the reality versus making the reality something different in my head. So on Wednesday, I ended up actually coming home a night early, partly because of 
not wanting to be woken up by the sun again and wanting to sleep in, but partly also to have some time at home back in my everyday environment, not having to jump right back into work, but to carry those pockets of peace and get my mind right in a sense coming home from having this experience and bringing it back to my home environment with me so that when it was time to jump back into work and my routine it was more of a softer transition and this sounds really delicate and I usually pride myself in grit and discipline and doing the hard thing and running myself into the ground that this what I'm described so far seems very soft and fluffy and like cushy in comparison to that but I think both things are have their time and place and both things are necessary for overall continuous improvement and so maybe that's just a little bit of me talking to myself versus talking to you guys here but I came home with an increased self-confidence and optimism, especially around grad school where Alexander and I are starting our executive MBA programs at Emory in the fall. And there's been a lot of uncertainty or anxiety or pressure around that idea of going back to school for the first time in eight years and performing at the same level or better than I performed when I was doing mechanical engineering in undergrad. So this time away sort of, again, helped me make that, helped me make starting grad school more of a plain thought versus this big scary thought in my head. And... I can confidently say that I am really excited (laughs) now for orientation that's coming up and then starting classes in in the towards the end of August. Before we continue, I wanted to come back and touch on some of the other takeaways that I captured from this little health retreat. One of the first one was it's not a waste if you learn from it. And when I wrote that down, it was pertaining to some food that I had bought that I felt really guilty about throwing away because I just didn't like it. And I thought, you know what, like, this is another example of being unnecessarily hard on myself. While it's important and valuable to be frugal, I can't like belabor over every single penny and it's not a waste of money or a waste of time or you know a waste of brain power if you learn from whatever it is you may be like dissatisfied about another takeaway was slowing down means doing small things in succession one at a time and a mantra I took home with me was like one thing at a time And that sort of helped me be less sporadic in general, where I'm, you know, find myself starting to 
put the dishes away out of the dishwasher and then I'm cleaning up the countertops and then I move on to like moving laundry from the laundry room into our bedroom and then you know I turn around and three things are halfway done and so I think focusing on working a little bit more slowly means for me doing one thing to completion one at a time and it being okay to not do you know 10 things at a time and get them all done right now silence really is golden and it's okay to be different and that goes back to the people pleasing concept I touched on earlier so I won't really go into that but I think over the last couple of months or maybe even a year at this point transitioning from being somebody who was traditionally so extroverted to being maybe more introverted in the sense of my cup is filled up when I'm by myself that sort of is what this bullet resonates on is like silence really is golden and it really is okay to be an introvert it's okay to be different from other people it's okay to be different from who you were yesterday and it's okay that in three months from now you might be different from who you are today and that changes good you know this is a funny takeaway but sit on the furniture before you buy it (laughs) some of the cushions that on the porch at the airbnb if you like sit in a little ball in the corner and like you prop your feet up like a tent maybe so they're not your legs aren't like laying flat out in front of you but your knees are up like in a v i kept (laughs) pushing this cushion off of the furniture and so note to self if you're gonna buy furniture take the time to sit on it and get comfy in the store because it's a lot harder to fix that circumstance once the furniture is in place at your house not every day has to be what you describe as perfect for it to still be a good day and for it still to be a joy-filled day and my old self would find like a pebble in a shoe that's a metaphor but something like that would throw off my whole day and I would just be grumpy I would not do well when plans changed or something fell through or plans came up like obligations came up and I think the inner work that I've done over the last, you know, couple of years has enabled me to still have really good joy-filled days when not everything goes right. Something else is God knows best and to listen. And I can't remember exactly what brought this bullet point up, but spending time in silence allowed me to spend a lot of time in prayer and reflection and knowing that you know a lot of times in day-to-day everyday life when there is not a lot of silence for me at least it's a little bit harder to be patient and listen for God or like look for his guidance and You know, he wants the best for us. He loves us so incredibly much that, I mean, for me, it's even hard to comprehend. 
and it's sometimes hard to trust that love is there, but continuing to pursue him and listen to him, you know, only improves that relationship. Something else that was a takeaway was to eliminate all of the noise and the important things will pop back up and stick. An example of this, you know, metaphorically going away to the mountains and literally sitting in silence, the as I was closing all of the windows in my brain or putting all of those tumped over books back on the bookshelf, the important things popped back up. That being my relationship with Christ, the inner work that I know I need to keep working on, the relationships that are so important to me and so valuable to me, and whether that be goals at work or goals in my personal life or goals with my relationship with Alexander, the important themes will come back and it's okay to lose focus maybe because you don't have to win the race today and through the journey of life I guess the things that are are important to you will make themselves stone I don't know oh feel like I'm starting to ramble on that one but another silly takeaway was it's better for coffee to be too weak than too strong you can always make more the first day I made coffee it was hard to figure out what the correct ratio was using a different coffee pot that I'm used to and the coffee was so strong and just so bitter and I know there are a lot of coffee connoisseurs who love strong dark black coffee I will say that I am not one of them (laughs) I like my coffee to be light and airy and smooth and bright. And so when I made this coffee a little too strong, it was oh really tough to get through. Something else was, you know, going back to God knows best and to listen to him was prioritize how how can this whatever it may be serve God over what will other th- others think of me? And I don't really have examples of this, but it was a thought that I captured, and I'm not saying this is easy whatsoever, but I think part of my people-pleasing, you know, is comes from trying to serve others around me and get external validation, whereas if I worked to make that shift on how can this serve God or be pleasing to Him over what will others think of me? I think that would help in the long run. We already talked about bringing a sleep mask. (laughs) And something else, I think internally I'm very critical with myself. And so that also manifests in being pretty critical of others, even if that judgment is silent in my brain. Something that was made apparent to me in the time that I had to reflect was to pray for others and not to judge them. So like seeing, you know, experiencing like a frustrating conversation or whatever it may be to maybe just say a little two second prayer and, you know, move that focus away from judgment. 
something that is a quote from Abraham Hicks, I think, in one of her morning meditations was, whatever I'm ready for now, I will feel an impulse about. And I've listened to this morning meditation hundreds of times at this point and have most of it memorized. And this is something that this quote, I guess, was sort of bolded in my brain during the time I was up there is that whatever I'm ready for now, I will feel an impulse about. And focusing less on the what ifs in the circumstances that aren't even real. You know, my mom always told me that 90% of what you worry about ends up either not happening or ends up being just fine. And that's another like stoic concept as well as to if you're worrying about the future, then you know, you're suffering twice once now and then once later. So I don't know, I, I would like to focus on that bullet a little bit more or that takeaway a little bit more to expand on it. But it's one of the things that I think helped helped me to come back with an increased confidence. My future home must have a sauna. <laughs> and I know that hot, hot there, like hot and cold therapy and time in the sauna and time in, you know, cold water is really a hot topic in the biohacking world and becoming more popular outside of that world as well. But the opportunity to get to spend time in the sauna, the three days I was there was just so divine. Slow running is still running. I'm training for a half marathon that's scheduled for the middle of November this year. And I also turned 30 this year and I'm not the same, you know, 18, 19, 21 year old who was a collegiate athlete. And so not that I can't get faster at running or become elite in some other physical exertion, coming to terms with running is, it's more important to build a strong endurance base and to run according to your heart rate versus according to time is something that does inevitably help you go faster, longer, later. And it's really tough for me to follow the rules, quote unquote, when I just want to run fast and push my heart rate and feel accomplished based off of a time (laughs) to really slow down and be humble about training the right way. And slow running is still running. A 11 and a half minute mile is still a a mile that's ran versus a mile that hasn't been run. So those are most of the takeaways that I wanted to share with you. So what comes next? Some of my non-negotiables right now are celery juice first thing in the morning, which sounds pretty goopy, like Gwyneth Paltrow goop, but I've really noticed a difference, oddly enough, with 
body odor and I know that sounds so weird and I'm not saying I had a terrible body odor like really ever but I've noticed that having celery juice first thing in the morning when I don't have that like if I'm going on vacation or traveling for work or whatever this odd thing happens about two or three days and when I'm doing a workout or sweating or whatever I'm like golly my body odor is stinky and so I don't know there's a lot of science maybe behind that that I'm not privy to but I enjoy celery juice first thing in the morning for a multitude of reasons I've also heard that it helps I guess flush out your systems and like lymph lymph nodes and maybe that's part of it and another result people have described as not having as strong of an appearance of cellulite. So those are, I guess, added benefits. I don't know if I really could tell you like what the my thighs looked like before or after from a cellulite perspective, but it's interesting. Journaling and prayer are also in my non-negotiables for me quiet time looks like journaling and doing like a brain dump like what is on my mind you know maybe making little to-do lists of things that I'd like to get done and oftentimes my journal time is also when I pray so I'll like physically write out what my prayers are something that's just sort of helped me be more intentional I think when you know I'm praying in my head sometimes it's easy for my mind to wander but right now a non-negotiable is also following my training routine so like I mentioned I'm working on improving my running ability and training for a half marathon in November my goal is to run a sub 145 half marathon is that a realistic goal I don't know do I have a lot of work to do before I get there absolutely but I have two and a half more months right no September October August September October like three and a half months sort of maybe three months to improve my base endurance and work on some speed and I'm working with somebody who is very educated on how to do that the smart way so having a running coach is really helping from both an accountability standpoint and also from like a smart training standpoint as well become a better runner and more athletic in general and so we're working on a training routine that again isn't too intense for me to not be able to recover but does focus on athleticism and more fast twitch muscles and more you know strength strength based you know high weight low reps training style so I'm really enjoying that so far it's been a lot of fun Something else that's a non-negotiable that was sort of a little victory that I experienced during this wellness retreat was actually 
listening to my body and soul. And that's listening to hunger cues, listening to sleep cues, listening to my body in terms of how digestion is going. That's really hard for me to do when I'm in the hustle and bustle of my everyday. So having this time away to experience the silence and listen to my body and really focus on what she's trying to tell me is was really lovely and something that it was sort of like underscored how important that was to take home with me as well. I'll probably talk about that whole topic in a different episode, another solo episode with respect to what what does listening to my body look like today versus what my relationship with my body and food and sleep look like, you know, a year and a half ago. And again, a lot of that credit is is to Katie working together you know, on all of those things. So I won't spoil it, but here's a little teaser for what the next solo episode might be about. I'm looking forward, like I said, to school starting and getting deeper into my training as maybe a necessary distraction from work. I think it will help, you know, not to throw work at work, but I think having a sense of priorities, you know, going back to let the big things be big things and the small things be small things, mixing, you know, what are the important non-negotiables at work in terms of goals and improving the business and deliverables versus, you know, every single email getting the same attention as, you know, the, the small informative emails getting the same attention as the big, you know, action required emails or whatever. But so I think having to focus on school and my training on top of that will allow me to prioritize things the right way. I'll circle back when we're a little bit further into school and let you know how that's going. I think training for this half marathon also is helpful in terms of having a non-aesthetic focus, non-aesthetic based goal. So approaching training and what can my body do versus what does my body look like will be really fun. So I'm very excited for the months to come and I will check back in to let you know how things are going, but I'm so excited recording this episode on this Saturday before I plan on launching the podcast. So hoping to have a few episodes in my queue to release on a cadence so that we can, you know, become a regular podcast. And I'm trying not to put too many heavy expectations on myself, but because I want this to still be really fun. But I think you know, after having this idea for over a year now and getting my sense of creativity and spark back, I think this will be a good and fun thing. And so I'm praying that 
it is also successful on top of being fun. <laughs> I will leave you with that and I look forward to the next time we chat. Bye.